0: Today I want to talk on leading leaders, about leaders who learn even when they're supposed to be leading. Oh yeah, it happens all the time. This observation skill should never go away. And sometimes we learn that what we thought we knew, we didn't really know. Or we learn that what we knew was actually just the surface level of all there was to know about what we knew. Now, I made this observation myself, of myself, in a recent environment where I watched someone speak in front of a crowd and experienced the same thing I experienced when I spoke in front of that crowd. And that caused me to ask a question that I'd been mulling over in my own mind, but asking the same question from another angle now. Now, I know that sounds like a whole lot of enigma wrapped up in a puzzle, wrapped up in a query, but if you're a leader, you know this to be true. Leaders don't always say what they're thinking. In fact, most of the time, leaders know more than what they're saying, more than what they're telling you. But it doesn't mean that the information in the back of their head, the life experience they've lived through, the things that they've done are not weighing in on the decision that they're making, perhaps even while they're listening to you. That's what I'm going to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. You might have noticed that I don't look like I normally look on this podcast today. I've, I've got my, one of my favorite ball caps on and my t-shirt, because today I'll be working literally out in the field. We're doing an outdoor event And I will have cameras and sound systems set up in the mud because yesterday was a a stormy day. Today is supposed to be beautiful, just cool. So I'm okay with that. Why is that relevant, you're asking? Well, see, here's what I've learned. As a leader, there are a lot of things that I know and a lot of things that I do that a lot of people are completely unaware of. This hat, for an example, this shirt, for an example. I wear these in public sometimes, and people look at me differently when they see the hat. I get people who walk across the room, having had no conversation with me, to shake my hand and say thank you. Young people and old people. I have observed something very interesting about the young people who go out of their way to say thank you for your service when they see my hat. This is a unique feature of a certain group of people. See, it's not the average young person who comes by and says, thank you for your service. In fact, the last two or three really kind of struck me because I intentionally watched them for a couple of moments after. One young man, probably, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, went out of his way, went around the restaurant restaurant rows of seats to come to me and say thank you for your service. He shook my hand and then I watched him out of the corner of my eye as he and his girlfriend left the restaurant. As they got to the door he stepped ahead of her and opened her door for her. As they went out the door to get to the car he walked to her side of the car and opened the door for her. What does that tell me about who he was? Well, he's a different kind of young man than the average 18 or 19-year-old that you would experience today, who might even be so staring at his phone that he's expecting his girlfriend to stop and open the door. Or he walks through the door with no never mind for where she is, or whether or not she even gets through the door. You see, the kind of young man that comes to me and says, thank you for your service, has a different way of looking at the world. I'm not judging anybody else's way of looking at the world. I'm just saying it seems to me that those who express gratitude for service. Have a heart for service. Let that one sink in a little bit. See, the other thing that I notice is that the older generation of people, my age and older, and even the ones between that 19-year-old and my age, because there's a couple of minutes in that gap, all of those people are grateful, maybe because they love someone who wears the same hat or one similar. Maybe because they themselves have served. But it's ironic to me the number of people who see the hat and turn and go the other way. Haven't seen any yet. I haven't seen any who are offended by the fact that I was willing to lay down my life for the season that I served and say I'm here to do what I do for the good of my country because I believe it's a country worth protecting and defending and speaking up for. But the observation I made the other day, that one still had me a little bit puzzled. See, I've spoken in front of a particular crowd, and on occasion that I've spoken there, it seems to me that they're grateful for me being there, and they're thankful for the words that I have to say. And when I'm done, they'll come up and and say hello and shake my hand, and a couple will take a picture with me or something of that nature. But for the most part, while I'm talking, they're stone silent. They, they have nothing to say. And as a speaker, whether you're talking in front of a classroom or a large audience, you know that that lack of response is sometimes a little disconcerting because what you're thinking in your head is, do they not get it? Am I being that vague? Have I not made my point clearly enough? Am I not conveying enough energy and passion with what I have to say to motivate them to at least a, a little clap, a twitch of the eye, an eyebrow move? Anything! Anything! Bueller? See, when we present to people, we expect to see a reaction from them. Sometimes, in fact, we write into the presentation something a little bit provocative in order to get that response. Any kind of response. Anything! that lets me know that you're alive and that you're hearing what I have to say and that it matters to you and I'm not wasting my breath and your time at the same time. And yet, I watched someone speak to this same crowd and this individual was very lively. In fact, the camera person was having a hard time just keeping them in the frame. And they were writing on the whiteboard and they were talking about things of the past and things of the future and they were talking passionately about the subject that they're obviously very well versed in and they got the same Deadpan response. I wasn't sure what I was observing, to be honest with you. Have they lost it completely? Why are these people saying nothing? And then the distinguishing factor came out. The distinguishing factor came out when the speaker finished, with a nice applause, walked back to their seat, and someone said, can we ask questions? Well, we were over time when I spoke because I talk too much sometimes, but when I spoke, there was no Q&A. When this individual spoke, someone asked for Q&A. And so he said, sure, I'll answer questions. Now, he just happened to be seated right next to me at our table, so he had already taken his mic off. He put his mic back on, he went back to the front of the room, and they started peppering him with questions. And what I observed was that these questions were deeply insightful deeply insightful these were not just vague questions that were you know okay i heard you say so-and-so what about so-and-so these were questions that were way below the surface of the content that had been delivered one of the gentlemen in a room i know for a fact is a retired colonel a retired colonel from the vietnam war retired colonel who spent time as a pow many years as a POW. Also spent time in the seat of a fighter jet. He's not an uneducated man. He's not an an unopinionated man. He's not a man without experience. He has a lot of all of the above, opinions and education and knowledge and wisdom and thoughts. And if you don't ask him, he's not going to tell you. See, he has a hat like this, but his has a whole lot more markings on it because his is Vietnam POW, and mine is not. I have not seen as a veteran what he's seen as a veteran. Oh, yep, we both served in the Air Force in two different wars, two different generations, and I still have not seen the hell he lived through. But to assume that his silence means ignorance... To assume that his silence means a lack of passion. To assume that his silence means he doesn't care, well, that would just make you a fool. You know what happens when we assume. But the reality is, good leaders hold a quality that says, I hear you, and I see you. I'm listening, I'm watching, I'm observing, and none of that is getting by me. But I'm also a good poker player as a leader, so to speak. I say that as a reference only because I suck at poker. But as a good leader, I have the ability to keep that poker face, if you will. The ability for you not to read my expressions. The ability to leave you wondering, what do I think about what you have to say? And believe it or not, that is among the most powerful tools of a good leader. The ability to take it all in, to not be provoked, to not react, to not respond until it's the proper time. So many young leaders, and when I say young, that's not an age to reference, it's an age to maturity as a leader. So many young leaders respond immediately. They have an emotional response, they respond to every provocation and every evoking comment. And they do so because they feel like, if I have an opinion, by golly, the world ought to hear it. If I think something, then I should share it. And that's not always true. In fact, sometimes the silence speaks volumes. Now, as I noticed about this room of people, many of them had questions that were deep and insightful. Oh, they were listening. They were paying attention. Some of them were provoked by the things that were said. Some of them were deeply, consciously aware of all of the facts, and maybe even some facts, that the speaker didn't point out. But the fact that they didn't respond while that person was speaking, but only after they were done, says a lot about the quality of who they are. I would have loved to have known, although I don't have any way of knowing, out of the entire room of people who were listening, what was the average IQ? What was the average education? See, there, there is one factor about this room, and that is that I was probably among the youngest people in the room. I was among the youngest. I would say maybe five people in the room my age or younger. Which tells me this is a room filled with unbelievable wisdom. This is a room filled with lifetimes of experience. This is a room whose combined knowledge about the way things operate in this world is passing the century mark a couple of times over. And yet, it's easy to presume that because they're silent, they have no opinion. It's easy to presume because they didn't react that you didn't say anything worthy of reaction. It's easy to presume that because they didn't stop by the table and say thank you, because they didn't offer a hug, because they didn't express everything going on in their mind, which our younger generation tends to do even when they're provoked by a nonsensical emotional provoke that was intentional and their opinion is unqualified and their opinion has no experience and no education behind it when the best sense of information they have is only what the college professor has fed them for the last two, three, four, six, eight years. Oh, trust me, I spend plenty of time around people who have way more education than I do, and they take notes with things that I've studied and revealed. I also spend time around people who are half my age but have a college degree who would insist to you that I don't know what I'm talking about because they haven't read what I've read yet. And when they start digging into it, they have an aha moment and they go, why didn't my professor say that? Well, maybe because your professor had an agenda and wanted you to know only what they're telling you. See, I'm on an edge as a leader, and that edge is, I think, and when I think, I share my opinions and my thoughts. I'm not the guy, very often, to sit in the room and say nothing. That's been a problem since I was a kid. Ask my classmates. Those people who went to high school with me who know I will ask a question about anything because I am not satisfied to not know. If I don't understand, I will keep asking you until I do understand. Some people think it's because I'm stupid. I don't think that's the case. I think it's because I have a high desire, not just to hear, but to know, to comprehend, and to understand. And so I'm not going to let you off with stating a fact that I should presume to regurgitate. I want to get it. I want to understand. My challenge to you as leaders is very similar to that. I want you to take the time to observe until you know. I want you to walk through the journey and face the, the hard times and the trials. Don't just read it in a book, but for heaven's sake, at least read it in a book. Don't take the opinions of others as solid gold information. Trust me. All you've got to do is listen to five different newscasts from five different news organizations. Three of the five will repeat exactly word for word what the news story was without ever researching the facts. One of them will just make up facts on their own, and another one, and I'm not pointing out any particular news agency, I'm just telling you about any major news story, you're going to get five different opinions on it, but three of them will be mirror images of the same thing. If you want to know, you're going to have to experience it. And sometimes the best way to experience, my redneck uncle said one time, a smart man learns from his own mistakes and a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Oh, I love to sit down and have conversation with Colonel Cordier. Uh, Colonel Cordier knows things I have never experienced in my life, and he will share them with you. And sometimes his opinion comes with a little salt. And sometimes his opinion comes with a whole lot of wisdom and experience. Things that you can know from asking an old dude like that, that you never want to learn from experience. Yeah, you can learn things. Let me remind you as a leader, sometimes your most valuable tool is silence. That doesn't mean you don't know. Doesn't mean you don't get it. Doesn't mean anything beyond the fact that you have observed now is not the time to share your opinion. Oh, it's still powerful and it's still valuable. <clears throat> i reminded of a phrase, don't cast your pearl before swine. See that, that young man that walks ahead of his girlfriend and opens the door and walks to the car and opens the door and says thank you to a veteran when he sees him in a restaurant that young man's got a different way of looking at the world than does the one who walks into glass walls because he's staring at his phone watching TikTok. both of them have a valuable future in our world both of them need the investment of a leader who's willing to speak into their life and go hello anybody home But at the same time, they're not both ready to hear. They're not both ready to learn. I'm very selective about the coaching clients that I take on. I charge good money for what I do, a lot of money for what I do. But I don't just take on every client who has the money to pay me. I've given the money back on more than one occasion. When I realize the person that I'm investing myself in can't carry the burden that I'm handing them. Uh, When I teach people story power, I know that I'm handing them a double-edged sword. I know that for a fact. And in the same way that a good martial arts instructor is very cautious about who they take to black belt. It's not just who pays and shows up for class. I'm very cautious about who I equip to communicate the way that I've learned to equip. Not everybody is worthy of that weapon. And I know that. Which might be the reason that I come here, you speak, and I sit stone-faced in the audience. My eyebrows don't depict what I think. My mouth doesn't tell you what I feel about how you spoke or what you said. Not because I don't know. Not because I don't care. But because I don't think that my opinion would be valued in this moment, or that my opinion would sway your own opinion. Yeah, leaders... They often know more than what they say, but it doesn't mean that what they know isn't weighing heavy on their decisions because it is. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith family and freedom.